All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Um, yeah, but, you know, the um, the show that the city put on for Wimby um, was kind of expected. But I would just sit there and say, look, you know, when Dave came out, we knew that we had to wait. I mean, I'm old enough and I was younger at that time. But uh, I remember that. I remember when Tim was coming out of Wake Forest. I mean, with Dave, you had to wait. We knew that he still had some... Uh, naval duties with the military duties he had to complete before he could actually start playing and then tim stayed four years at wake forest and the talk was that was like hey boston was supposed to get him but the spurs lucked up and again we knew like he was some guy there's nobody that's got an introduction to the city like this it hasn't and not that i really have a problem with it but it was kind of like wow they really went out now there's a cause for that and i and i think it's a situation to where too when you're talking about a city that is, you know, five titles, 20 years of uh, dominance, constantly been in the conversation for Western Conference appearance or finals appearance. When you go through the years of the last four or five years of this franchise, and when you get uh, a chance to have hope or to something to look forward to, you clamor for it. I mean, you're starving for it. I never forget like that, you know, you know, joking, um, Eddie Murphy raw, you know, when he just said, if you starve and somebody give you a, a cracker, you're going to think that's the best cracker you ever had. Like you ate a steak, you've been starving, ain't got nothing else. The, the excitement of the city and the get behind from the local media to the fans that showed up on the river walk, the introduction, you know, Sean Elliott was emceeing. This has a lot to do with like, man, it's been a while to have anything excited for. And that's also a trickle down effect of being a one point, a one trick pony show in town on the only professional sports team in town. But, um, you know, I said it on Friday after we came in here after the draft. I got more time to look at him or I should say to listen to him speak, um, you know, you know, talking about, you know, really what he's kind of want to accomplish. I mean, he said it over and over. He's very and I think he was overwhelmed, too, with the reception he was getting. He didn't think it was going to be like this. But also you could see a city and an organization like this really understanding. And I think learning from previous situations, we've got to take that extra mile to work from day one to keep this young man happy because of the the, the reality of it is to where this team is located. And the history of how these teams are built and the history of the whole free agent aspect. Uh, but definitely, I believe that he's mature in his years. I mean, he's been playing professional ball for years. But I just that was kind of like, wow. And again, it goes back to like, look, the picture circulated throughout the weekend, uh, you know, at the dinner, you know, Manu, Dave, uh, Tim, Sean. There's no Tony. I don't know if Tony lives in France now, now but it, there was no Tony there. But the fact, and I was like, man, that's Friday night. I mean, he just got off the plane. But see, to me, it goes back to that thin line. But like, it's good to have the the, the vets around, like the the the, the Spurs royalty. Because like when we said, he learned more in the NBA in those two hours of dinner than he's probably ever known up until then. But I'm just, it, you got to just not overcrowd him. It, it's just too many cooks in the kitchen. That's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. 
you know, in regards to where you have just bam. Because I'm thinking like, all right, man, let him get settled, see where he's going to be, and then maybe hook up. You know, Tim can like, no, nah, man, they were waiting after the plane touched down to have dinner reservations. But definitely exciting time, uh, you know, for the team. And what we're finding out about his counterpart, the set, what's my man's name? Second round. I know we didn't want to pronounce his name, but their second round pick. Uh, C.D. Osiko. Uh, Osiko. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I believe that's the pronunciation. And phonetically, if I recall. Well, I'm going to have to lean it's on CD, you. And I'll get CD, you the confirmation. Uh, uh, we're going uh, with C.D. and Wemby, right? You know, Osiko. Os- but as you just said, Osiko. Or Osiko. Su- Osiko. Susu Studio. Anyway. No, I'll his, get it for you, but it's <clears> Yeah. CD, come to find out, hey, Wimby and him been knowing each other since 10 years old. They've never played on the same team before, but they played against each other. You know, he said, hey, Wimby was like over six something, like over like fifth grade or something. Like, don't think that was by mistake, drafting him. Don't think that was accident. It wasn't. So when I said, oh, okay, they're really doing their homework on this. You're like, hey, that's, and that's what you do. Like, he's coming to a new country, get him somebody he's familiar with. Now, granted, this, this young man fits probably what the Spurs need anyway. You know, they're drafting him in the second round, but it so happened to be this is somebody that Wemby knows and somebody that can be, you know, pretty much close. One of the things that circled on, I know who's, I see who they put his locker right next to, and to Vassell, I think I saw that uh, correctly. Uh, got to see him in uniform for the first time in a spur uniform, but really, to me, being here through both, through all num- both of the number one picks, um, and now the third, this was something. This was something different. This was something different, and I think there's different components into that. Why it is as well too. Now, the other news that has come out is that he has withdrawn from the FIBA World Cup uh, basketball, uh, saying that he decided to go ahead and get ready and prepare for his rookie season in the NBA. So he's pulling out of the FIBA. And I and to me, I think that that sounds already a little bit of the Spurs. And, and, and plus, I think it's smart. I mean, he's been playing uh, professional ball over there. He just now got done with the season going all the way to the championship round. And I'm still saying, I mean, I know game two or whatever is possible, Scoot Henderson and, you know, Spurs and Wimby, I'm still to the point to where if he plays summer league, I'm talking about like, when the third, when the three-minute mark hits, like at the end of the first quarter, the five, like, hey, that's enough. Come sit. I'm to the point that I don't think he should play summer ball. I don't. There are certain circumstances to everything. I think, and and I'm. It has nothing to do with me thinking he's above that. I'm looking at the fact that, you know, you how much basketball he's played just in this calendar year in regards to where he's coming at right now. My whole deal is not getting the going to the FIBA preparation, and most likely he will play. But I'll tell you right now, and it ha- no plans have been announced yet whether he's playing or not in the summer league. But I wouldn't be surprised if he really doesn't. And I think if he does, it's going to be at a minimum. It's going to be at a minimum. I mean, he might log. In my opinion, they might let him run maybe ten minutes a game. 12 minutes just to get out there. If me, I, I would I would just continue to have him, you know, work out, get ready for the regular season, learn the system, figure out what they're going to be doing with them, and a lot of individual work and teamwork behind closed doors and really basically playing in the summer league. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion. And, you know, honestly, you could be – I mean, how much further did his team go than Scoot? Well, he's in the league. Scoot got playing. When did Scoot stop playing? G League was over when? Probably, um, 
right before the NBA playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. You see, and then Wimby, I mean, I was going to tell you, I would say even I wouldn't be shocked if Scoot didn't play that much either in the summer league, but I think definitely Wimby's one that I feel that if he does play, it's going to be a very, a very, very minimum, in my opinion. And I, I do remember reports from the time that uh, Scoot shut his season down early to prepare for the draft and to get ready for the draft and go through that whole process. But Because... Yeah. Um, uh, just the way that their season played out and what they knew that he was anticipating. Um, going back really quick, uh, Sissoko is our guy. Asoko? Sissoko. Sissoko. Mm-hmm. CC or Sissoko. Yeah, I mean, tall guy. I mean, big guy, frame. Sounds like Six, he likes eight, to. Athletic lengthy guard that can't shoot. But. Well, it sounds like he wants to play defense. I can, you know, I've seen guys, even though we don't have them in the building anymore, I've seen guys develop shots down here in the river, by the river walk, in the 210. But I, it's been a long time since I've seen guys that actually want to play defense for this team. They have been horrible. And, and I'm all about identity. You know, the, the, like Spurs' identity for 20 years was defense. Okay, and big guys in the middle. They've lost that. That's like going to Pittsburgh and telling, like, middle linebacker receivers all of a sudden, that's just not who we are. We're not going to run the ball. It's just you you got to have an identity. And to me, I could care less if he has a challenge shot. He's big. I told you I think they need to get bigger instead of smaller. Uh, I think he kind of accomplished that. But I like the fact that he talks defense. I mean, they asked him who's the first guy he's looking to D up or who he wanted to guard. I mean, that's the type of stuff that you got to talk. Because a lot of these guys has been on this roster in the last few years, they're allergic to defense. Been one of the worst three-point defending teams for the last two to three years and, and, and pretty much one of the worst perimeter defensive teams, period, and even protect the rim. I like to hear guys that like to talk defense because it is a mindset, especially at this level and this era. When everything's about highlights from dunking, from pulling up, what kind of range I got, can I pull up from midcourt, that's the era we're in. So when you hear a guy really talk defense, it's refreshing, in my opinion, especially when it comes to this organization. Uh, but it's here, man. I mean, he's here. He's landed. He's got time to get alchemated with the city. Um, I don't think the mania is going to die down pretty much anytime soon for him. Um, I think you would probably be going into maybe his second year. Uh, before really people just like, all right, that's Wimby. But the introduction, I just can't reiterate it enough. That That is like, th- that's, nobody's gotten that. I mean, the closest thing to that, I think I can remember, the closest thing in my opinion was basically the stay campaign, stay Tim. When everybody in the city thought his ass was going to Orlando because he went and visited Mixie Mouse like twice, and Dave had to come off vacation, and you had about 30 billboards in town, H-E-B billboards all over the city, stay Tim, stay. That's the closest thing. That's the closest thing. But we saw what Tim had did. Tim had already delivered a championship by that time. You know, we knew what he was got. This kid, 19 years old, hasn't even stepped on the court. But I get it, though. I'm not complaining, but I just want to put it in perspective for people. If you really look at the situation, look at the history, the show that they put on for him and what they go, that is not normal what they've done in the past. And maybe there is some things changing a little bit. Go ahead. But for the most highly touted prospect since LeBron James, any team that would have landed him, if Portland would have landed in that spot, if Houston would have landed that in that spot, if Detroit would have landed in that spot, anybody's going to give him a hero's welcome like that, right? 
I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you that it's not. Maybe I'm doing, again, a bad job of saying that. It's not, I'm not saying that anywhere he would have went. Yes, it was going to be a tension. It was gonna, we, we knew it was going to be national tension. I'm talking about the, the only other time they've been on the Riverwalk is when there's a gold ball floating down there. Okay, I saw bodies at the Riverwalk. I saw Sean Elliott. The last time Sean Elliott emceed anything on the Riverwalk, it was Title V. Okay, the last time that basically we're talking about a press conference at the AT&T Center with a fake Eiffel Tower sitting right by him. I pay attention. There's props. I pay attention to everything. No, this is no L.A. First of all, L.A. is a market. I mean, again, L.A., New York. Yes, it's a big deal. They're not rolling out like that. Like you got to understand for San Antonio in regards to well, this. That's why I didn't say L.A. I, I didn't say New York. I said Houston. I don't even Detroit, know. Portland. Because the closest, the closest thing to again this spectacle that the Spurs put on this last weekend, it was like the Heatles when when Miami landed LeBron, and then you have the whole it's like a three week party that it seems like they do the whole whiteout thing, the they, they come out like they're you know R and B yeah group, that was pop like stars that, that, like that, that was that, like, not one that, not two yeah, not that, three that, that was that was more and again that's different because at the end of the day you knew what LeBron I'm talking about drafted. Out of France or college, I'm telling you, David Robinson out of the Naval County, first of all, we didn't get him right away. He had tours of duty still to serve. Tim Duncan was like, oh, wow, they lucked up. We thought he was going to Boston. So did Rick Pitino. No. No, no. It's not close. The closest thing for San Antonio. Miami, like, first of all, that's LeBron. That's Chris Bosch. They've been in the this league. Is Wemby. We know Wemby has not. He's not proven anything yet in the league. We know what he's going to do. We're talking about a guy in LeBron that already been how many years at Cleveland, Jonas? Maybe a rookie a year, a scoring time. I mean, how many years before he said not one, two? Well, he was there for about uh, seven seasons. Okay, man. Seasons. Okay. This is a kid that is drafted out that hasn't stepped a foot in the NBA. And I'm talking just about the Spurs. No. it, it had. I'm talking about that reaction comes from when you know what you got. When there was 20 billboards down here, stays Tim Tay, we know what he had. He delivered his first ring in San Antonio's history. We knew that he was kissing his ass to go stay. Dave had to come off vacation. I was here for that. When you go back to um, even Tim coming out of Wake Forest it before, an introduction for a 19-year-old, man, I don't care if it's generational talent, whatever, the city put on like there was number six being put in the Raptors or on the trophy case. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, that was just a South Beach. I mean, first of all, the announcement was a thing. He made it respectable just by the announcement. But again, that was LeBron. We had six years of this. Wimby is still the unknown. I mean, yes, we he looks great in France. We still don't know the unknown on the court. And that's what I'm kind of saying, that this is just, this was a little different in the city. And you're talking about like a two-day I mean, this was like a two- to three-day thing. And to have the great, I mean, no. And I can tell you right now, if the roles were reversed, um, I don't know who I'm going to say. Um, let's say you brought him up. Let's say the Lakers. Well, you brought uh, up the Lakers. I okay. Brought up, I brought up okay. The let's say if he goes. The, the Blazers okay. and the Rockets, three other teams that were okay. up there. And let's say if it was Houston. Akeem Olajuwon, Kai Drexler, ain't going to be waiting for his ass at the airport when he gets off to go have dinner that night. They wouldn't have been there like that. Would they have been a big thing? No, they wouldn't have. It's the way this city is. It's the way the community is. It's the way it's been built. And it's not a bad thing. But no, no, they wouldn't. They, they're like Olajuwon, Clyde Drexter, Kenny Smith, Robert Ory, whatever Houston greats at, Calvin Sampson, they wouldn't have been sitting there with reservations for five already. And what's and, and first of all, you got to look at this. 
Manu travels. Tim is retired. He he does stay down here, but he goes from here and there. You know, he runs his uh, you know his blackjack speed shop. He got he likes to travel too. He's got kids now. He's been married. To me, that's even more of a gesture. That means David. Now David lives down here. David's but but when you're talking about those three dudes taking their time out of their schedules to go greet a Rick, not like two or three days later. Hey man, we'll let you get. I'm talking about meeting him. That says a lot when they took time out of their schedules. To be there do we do we don't re we remember that tim didn't even talk to tony parker and they shared locker rooms together for like the first three or four months and them guys because they had to earn the stripes to tim let's not forget that story tim is retired okay he's got a family so does dave manu rides bikes all over the world he travels these dudes took time to make sure that he they were there to take him out to the not for the press conference to take out that's a heck of a thing and no i don't think he would have got that anywhere else no no not before seeing what he could do or how this was going to go you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dosecchi's get a dose eight seven seven three seven grind you listen to the sports grind we'll be back Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving grind. around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pendleton Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. Pendleton Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the professional bull riding tour which is the pbr velocity tour and it is official whiskey of the sports grind and it also is an official sponsor of the sports grind as well too 87737 grind 
All right. So before we actually um, take off from the NBA scene, so yeah, so it's the next stop will be, you know, summer games. If he plays, so we'll know that in another week or so, uh, you know, or so if he's going to play and to make his debut. Uh, but uh, other NBA news uh, that we've got, there are strong reports uh, showing that there is strong mutual interest uh, from Dame Lillard and the Miami Heat on both sides. Now, this is all taken with a grain of salt, speaking of the fact that if the Portland Trailblazers uh, cannot acquire, I guess, what Dame is looking for them to surround him with in the offseason during free agency or trades um, to stay in Portland, he would pretty much, from what reports say, um, ask to be traded and it looks like he is a mutual and probably one of his top destinations. Um, me personally, I think that what is going on here, <clears throat> excuse me, is I think that the Portland Trailblazers, I do believe them when they say that they're, they want Dame to stay there. And they're trying everything they can to get him to probably buy in of the fact that, look, you know, we've got Scoot Henderson. I mean, because I think Scoot was just too big of a, a probably upside of a talent for them to pass on, whether Dane was going to stay or whether he was going to go. So um, to me, you know, I think they're really still trying to convince him like, hey, give Chauncey some time. We get a top pick of talent here in Scoot. Let's see what we can do at app from there. But on Dame's side, Dame is just looking at really the realistic of the point of where he's at in his career. And the one thing that we can't assume is that these players, you know, LeBron is LeBron. The, the one thing about these players, I don't even know if some of them acquire the taste or even want to play in the NBA that long as LeBron, a 20 year career. Because the truth of the matter is they make so much money now. Like it comes down to where you have money, there's the there's distractions, there's other stuff, which I want to get to that when we when we flip sports, because uh, it ties into one of my takes with one of my topics. But I think that when you look at um, Dame, you know, Dame is looking like, you know, really, I want to I want to go out a champion. I want to try to get a ring. And he's just probably weighing the fact of. Pieces that could be in place in Miami, a culture and a coach and a VP that's already done it. Or if I just sit here and want to stay loyal, which I've said this before, you know, I know what Dane tweeted out a few years ago when KD went to Golden State. But the reality of it is, even if he would ask to be traded, I would still consider as, as critical I am with Dane, I would still give him the benefit of that. He was loyal. I mean, he waited. He he tried. He waited out. It, it's just one. I think personally, they waited too long with the C.J. McCollum and Stotts uh, experiment. They should have broke that up a few years back. But to me personally, even if he asked for a trade, I wouldn't look at that as being disloyal. Now, of course, you'll get what they do out there. The guy, people, they go pull receipts and they'll say, oh, damn. Remember you said that? Well, he's kind of giving it. I just feel that to me, it's one of those situations to where you got to. You, you got to limit time on how much you're going to try to see what you can get via trade to convince him to stay. I think it just comes to a point where it's like, especially if you drafted Scoot Henderson, it's time to probably go on to that next era or that next go and let Scoot mold himself as being the face and in that team now and go forward from that. Uh, they still got the young talent from my man's name, the other point guard there, too. Uh, that I like the combo situation. You still got him on the roster. Uh, uh, Simon. Simon, yes. Thank you. 
Um, so that's intriguing there. But what you want to add, someone? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report um, reporting earlier this afternoon uh, that Dame is and his agent are both meeting with the uh, Portland Trailblazers today to discuss the team's direction. And that become, comes back to the whole thing where you can be loyal and you can want to stay and, and compete with Portland if you're going to compete. But if you're looking at a two, three-year time window yet, Dame's prime is going to be out you know, by that point. And so, so like you see to the point you've made, you've given all you can, you've given the out the team, the, every opportunity to build around you and to compete. But once you enter that, that point of we're no longer competing right now, that change, that changes the loyalty because how, how far can you be loyal? Um, you know, if they're not going to do anything for you. In right. And, and I think it's a sticky situation because if you're upper management and I do believe they, because there's teams that, yeah, we want them to stay. They really don't, but I really do think that they want Dame to stay, but how much energy and how much time are you going to give into this early on in free agency this summer? Besides just making the obvious, the quicker thing that can happen where you could probably going to improve your team still. And you're probably going to catch some future draft capital as well, too. If you can move him um, to the heat, now, I think if you are taking Dame, and let's just say the reports say it is the destination, if he does work, he has this meeting today, uh, doesn't like what he hears, it just feels like, okay, the reality's on the wall, and he asks politely for a trade. If that takes place, it, it still might not, but if that takes place and he asks for a trade, then if you're talking about going to Miami and Miami's going to play ball, because let's not forget, the big factor what this is going to be for Portland, too, is the size of Dame's contract. When we talk about trying to move them, okay, that's number one. I mean, Miami can make things where I'm hearing that they've got to absorb it. But if you're talking about a destination from Miami, then automatically I'm thinking like, okay, uh, Tyler Hero's probably going to go. Um, who else would probably be thrown in there? Well, you could probably um, look potentially look at it like um, I think it's Gabe Vincent's on a his contract expiring, so you could be looking at probably, a, a sign and trade kind of option there. Probably giving up Gabe uh, Vincent. Duncan Robinson was on a, a rather large contract about two years ago that they had given him after that finals run, um, and hasn't quite lived up to expectations. He has some good shooting nights, but if you're talking about your Portland, you want to surround your young guard with shooters and give him the opportunity to distribute a bit too. He's a scoring for first point guard, but giving him scorers around him. And you'd probably look at you, what we saw in the finals and throughout the postseason run. You can get a, a few of those assets back in return. Well, I think Portland will be looking at trying to get assets back. They're not trying to acquire assets to just dump in salary and buy out. Not where they're at right now. No, so you that's would keep what, those yeah, shooters, yeah, yeah. those young shooters. They've showed right. that now they have what well, they didn't have going into this year. They didn't have the finals experience, those undrafted guys. Right. I, it, the point is they're going to have to give up something for Dane. The Heat. The Heat team is not – the whole point of me bringing that up is the Heat is not going to look like the finals team that just went to the Heat if they get Dame Lillard. That's, that's the whole point of that segment. I just feel that – but it makes sense because, like I told you, Jimmy Butler is just not enough. He's not. I mean, Jimmy Butler, to me, I've always kind of known this, but he kind of confirmed it. I mean, he's a heck of, he's a, heck of a competitor. Uh, he's an all-star. Uh, arguably, there could even be second team, first, or whatever. But he's not a guy. He's not that superstar 
talent that is going to be able to just plug whatever behind him, and he's ever going to be able to deliver a championship by himself. He's just not. And and his series against Denver kind of confirmed that. So he's going to need some help. And a guy like Dame Lillard that could take some scoring pressure off of him and another veteran leader is that start, is that type of guy. And I think and Miami sees it, and I think that's the reason why the reports and rumor has it that they're all way all you know all in when it comes to trying to acquire Dame Lillard. But I think that meeting today between Portland and Dame is going to be more along the lines of Portland really trying to give him a game plan to sit there and say, hey, if you stay, this is how this is who we have on target. This is who we could go after. And also Chauncey and everything. This is how we see you fitting with Scoot Henderson. That's pretty much what that meeting is going to be about, and it's going to be up to Dane if he wants to buy in and retire a blazer or if he wants to go. Because me personally, if, if, he, if he chooses to stay with Portland, because I really don't see you know, Portland really being able to make that many moves to improve their roster this offseason from the standpoint of free agency, who they could bring on and sign money-wise, and really trade-wise, the value that they have at trade. You know they're not trading Scoot Henderson. Um, you know, they're, they're two guys that they're not basically going to probably move, so where else is the value? So to me, I just believe that this just comes down to what does Dane want to do? Because if Dane decides to stay, that means he's at peace if he never, let alone win a ring, if he never gets the chance to make a final or compete for one. So I just think it's a tough decision because I do really believe part of Dane wants to retire Blazer, but I think the reality of is on the wall for him that time's running out. I mean, you look at, you can, he can just go look exactly at one of his peers right now and go look at the situation Chris Paul's in. I mean, he's still chasing. He ain't playing for the money. He ain't playing for nothing. I mean, Chris has made more money than ever. He's playing for a right to not say that, hey, he's one of the better point guards and maybe one of the best leaders ever NBA seen, but he had no ring. And one crazy thing about that whole thing, we didn't even talk about it. I mean, Steve Kerr's comment saying, and I thought it was very intriguing when he said that he thought Golden State needed a restart, a reset, you know, a different change of directory. That was interesting. And that's the reason why that whole Draymond situation is still dangling out there. That could be intriguing as well. 87737grind. All right, I got Twitter here. I see Casey robbed and pretty much tagged me. Um, I guess NBA has just put out, or he said, tagged me from three days ago, that the top two picks go head to head for the first time during the NBA 2K24 Summer League Friday, July 7th at 9 p.m. So this was three days ago which would have probably been, what, on Friday when they tweeted this out? Yeah, it's when the team sent us all the matchup potentials. Um, you know, on, on the second game for the Spurs has them up, you know, has them <coughs> potentially taking on Scoot Henderson in Portland. I think, and but this it, is the date of this is July 7th of that game, and now it's it's on ESPN. Um, look, I – I'm not telling you that he – I mean, most likely he's kind of going to play, but I would tell you that tweet, or not just the Rob's tweet, but that of them announcing that three days ago, I still feel like the Spurs are really not bound to that. I mean, if they ch- if they decide the chance of it is – is you know, maybe they – even if they have a plan to play him, uh, you know, summer league, but they don't feel that he's ready, you know, first week – I mean, first game out the gate. I mean, he just got playing. That That's my whole notion. Like, if he wouldn't have played – 
professionally that deep into the season or long, let's say his season would have ended at the time the playoffs started over here, then it might be a difference. It might be a different scenario. But the reality of the reality of the situation is is that um it didn't, and I'm looking at that if he's not playing feeble ball, then the then the also the circumstances is that if he's taking time with that, but again, you're playing summer league, you're playing a part. I just look at you want to start early in the preparation of even a young man's 19 year old body. So we'll see. But I'll tell you, Rob, that the, the because it's on ESPN. And because of that, it's not basically confining in the fact that I think that they have to go ahead and they have to play him, even if it's going to be on ESPN. That's what I kind of basically uh, believe in general. 877-37-GRIND. Also, what else we got going on here? Uh, so that's going to be an interesting situation with the Dame Watch, but we'll continue to go ahead and put our um, eyes and ears to that. Now, also, before we leave the NBA now, is it true – that I just about a couple hours ago, did we have a trade? Atlanta, did Atlanta make a move uh, today that I saw? They did. Let me go ahead and pull those details. And I know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they had moved one of their starters uh, today and did a swap or trade. Who do we have? Yeah, it's John Collins. Um, is the Atlanta player really involved here? Uh, again, for the San Antonio listeners, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about trying to get him down here for years. Um, but through Boge on ESPN, the Hawks are acquiring Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick for Collins, who is owed $78 million over the next three years, mm. uh, his sources say. The swap creates a $25.3 million trade exception for the Hawks, giving them the largest one in the NBA there. Atlanta has uh, a year to potentially use the exception to take on another player's contract. Uh, the trade, of course, can't become official until July 6th. So basically, they're sending him to um, to Utah, Utah. Mm. and that's going to appear again. Utah was a surprising team this last year. Now, yeah. maybe they were playing their own lottery hopes there towards the end of the season because they really took a slide after um, they hosted the All Star Game. Um, well, I think Utah's situation was just simply that Danny Ainge just got there. I think I think Danny Ainge. This I mean I think this was expected because I think Danny Ainge when he got there when you start selling off Rudy Gobert, uh, when you start selling off Donovan Mitchell, this is kind of par for the course of what Danny kind of did at Boston. But I think to me they were better. I, but me personally, I don't think Danny expected them to have a record as good as they did last year. I think when we were, I remember doing the totals on the over and unders before the season start, Utah was right down there with the same almost similar projections as the Spurs win total. They were supposed to be one of those teams that had a shot at Wimby as well. So I think Danny, all his moves last year, basically projected for them to pretty much say, hey, this is where we're at. We're now. now this signing here shows you that basically like, okay, we saw what we had. And as they're continuing to build, well, if you have an opportunity to take on a contract like this and this type of talent that would automatically walk in another starter with a young team, you, you grab that piece. Even if it's not on schedule, even if it's an early of schedule, when you can prove that. OK, um, you know, this that's why I bring it back full circle to the 210. It's like the next year, like if they can approve like, well, damn, you know, they're projected to win 30 games or 35 games. Or let's just say they're projected to win 30, 32 games ballpark with Wimby. Well, if they exceed those expectations and knock on a, like, say, get in a play in game or something like that in the West or barely make it, then this time next year, I would be saying like, OK, who's the veterans available? Who can they go and get that wants to play with? That's why I'm not ready to go ahead and do it. Let them prove it first. 
And I think that's why you have a move today, what Danny Ainge did with Atlanta, because they were better than he even expected. There's something to that. They've got a budding superstar over there in Utah. And I think now they're ready to say, okay, not saying that we're going to compete for a title next year. Or we're competing to go to the Western Conference Finals. But what we're going to do is that this opportunity presents itself. We're going to grab a starting piece to go with this young piece. And he's still not even – he's not even old. He's a veteran, but it's not that old. He's not even that old yet. You know, so I, I kind of see that working. 877-37-GRIND. All right, switching gears here, uh, I guess we can go into the – National Football League here real quick um, and talk about the NFL. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence of your Dallas Cowboys, I guess, was quoted over the last few days saying, hey, he doesn't believe that they're that far behind the Eagles. And I was like, newsflash, like, I get it. Like, no, you're not. But are you? Are you as close as you think? Um, the other reason why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I don't have anything against Demarcus Lawrence, but Demarcus to me talks a lot. You know, before he got his big contract, and let me just say what I say talk a lot. I'm not necessarily meaning trash talking this and that. You know, before he got his deal, um, of course, his objective at that time was to get paid, take care of his family, secure his, you know, secure his family up, generational wealth down the road. Um, and he had, you know, he wore, he, he showed up to camp. I remember he showed up to OTs or camp that day, uh, a couple years ago with a shirt. Yeah. It was some type of hidden message to it. Um, then he comes out, gets his money and he really underperforms the year before last. I mean, he really had a tough year. I mean, you can talk about maybe dinged up injury, whatever. He comes back next year, still has a decent, you know, kind of year, a little better than the year before. But my point is, is that he's being paid and to be one of the defensive leaders and one of the best defensive players that they have. And when we get back, I will add to that. Also, I want to talk. I've been trying to get to this for the last few days. Aaron Rodgers has decided to become an advocate. And I want to talk about what he's becoming an advocate for, but also what this what this spells to me what this smells like could possibly be on the horizon i believe for the new york jets you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dosecchi's get a dose today's show is being presented i mean we are broadcasting excuse me from the hazel scott online studios calvin casey jonas clark producers been the one and twos we'll be back When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.